Welcome. Uh, this is Jeff Cohn with the uh, Wall Street Resource, and joining me is Michael Levy. Michael, um, he's the CEO of Lightwave Logic, and for those not familiar with Lightwave, Michael, can you tell us a little bit about the company? Yeah, Lightwave Logic is a company that uh, had its roots about 10 years ago as a chemistry company uh, based in Delaware. We're now actually headquartered in uh, Colorado, in Denver, Colorado. And we are developing new organic polymers that are optical. And the interesting thing about these polymers is, is that you can they switch light, which means they work like a shutter. They can switch light really, really fast, and they can do that at really lower power levels. So they're sort of green. They're not green in color, but they're green because they save energy. Okay. For the layman, can you dumb it down a little bit to tell us exactly what you're trying to accomplish with this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we use these polymers and we turn them into a little optical component called a modulator. And a modulator is a little device you use on the Internet. And as everybody knows, the Internet is where you send lots of traffic and you watch lots of videos. And the Internet actually goes via data centers and telephone switches and Internet switches and things like that. Because our appetite for data is ever increasing, whether we're using little cell phones or laptops or you know, many, many little displays. We're using lots more data because we all want to watch things like TV on the Internet. We have to do that. And what that does is it actually puts a lot of demand on the Internet. So the Internet really has to send the traffic a lot faster. And uh, when you send traffic a lot faster, it generally consumes a lot more power. And so what we have is an optical device that actually is very, very fast, much faster than what the Internet operates today, and it consumes much less energy. So it's very energy efficient. So, so the state-of-the-art um, product is out there already, but it's not as fast or energy-saving as yours. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. The Internet today actually... Um, it's not really in the cloud because it's actually fiber optics that mostly go in the ground or underneath the sea. So when you do send your, your data off into the cloud, you're actually in the ground. But generally, it's stored at big data center type places. And the Internet is essentially made up of a big mesh of fiber optic cables. These are glass-based glass, glass -based cables. And uh, naturally, to send the data, you've got to turn the light on and off. And now you get a digital one or a zero in a, in, a, in a digital signal is really when you turn the lights on and, and very simply when you turn the lights off. The secret is, is can you do that really, really fast so you can send traffic very quickly across the, the network or the Internet? And can you do that at very low power consumption? Because as we know, these big data center type places, I mean, some of these uh, large data center companies are taking over old power stations and consuming tons and tons of energy. So we've got to figure out how to solve that problem too. Gotcha. So what's a bigger pain point? Is it speed or, or energy savings? That's a really good question. I think up until a couple of years ago, 
everybody was pedal to the metal. Can we go faster? Can we send traffic across the Internet much, much quicker than before? And certainly we've seen in the technical community people try and design optical components to go a lot faster. Mother Nature works with us, so we have a very fast solution using our polymers. However, as these data centers have got very, very large, they've got quite power-consuming. In fact, some of these places are actually located right next to power stations because of the energy they're taking. And depending on what sort of literature you look at, it could be you know, up to 5 or 10% of this nation's electricity goes into the Internet. It's quite incredible, actually. And so today, when you ask the experts, it's not just switching data really quickly or sending traffic traffic quickly. It's actually trying to get the power consumption down. And how do you range power consumption when you go up in speed? So I would say the answer to that question is, is definitely power consumption today, but certainly we'd like to go faster too. So both of those are very important. Okay. So there's got to be a, a lot of competition uh, working at that. So where do you fit in and uh, and, and I guess your edge would be, or where you stand out, is the, the two we talked about, speed and, uh, and power savings, uh, unless you can no, add you're, to that. Yeah, you're, sorry, I'm interrupting, but you're absolutely right. There is a lot of competition, because you know, you've got an existing Internet that's already working. Um, unfortunately, the Internet today is, is pretty much going as fast as it can go. And the, the folks who architect the Internet are actually looking how to go to the next level of speed and the next level of reducing power. And so, yes, there are roadmaps. And yes, we're looking for ways to increase data rates and traffic across the Internet. But we're also looking for ways to reduce it. And the incumbent technologies today are actually not fast enough and not low enough in power. And the, the good news is, is we're sitting on a technology and we're developing a technology that actually addresses both those issues. Okay. And then how protected on your technology are you? Oh, we are very protected. Um, what we have are patents um, that relate to electro-optic polymers. These are polymer materials. Um, these are organic polymer materials, actually not a lot different than what you find in um, displays for cell phones today. In displays for cell phones today, we use organic LEDs. Some of the new televisions that are curved use organic LEDs. Those are polymer-based. So we're using a very similar polymer. Obviously, it's a different chemical composition because we don't emit light. We actually switch light, so we actually can switch light very, very quickly. A bit like a sort of a windscreen wiper of a car. You, you can turn light on and you can turn it off really quickly. Um, we have a very strong patent portfolio. I believe the latest count of our number of issued patents is up to 49. And so not only have we had patents in the chemistry of the material, as the composition of the polymers, but in how you design those polymers into optical switches, which we call modulators, and how you put those modulators into little boxes and protect them from the environment. So I think we have a really strong patent portfolio. Certainly, we have freedom of manufacturing, and uh, this is a wonderful position to be in for a new technology. 
Nice. Now, now since um, it's a similar input to the screens, uh, are input costs uh, or inputs difficult to get, or, or are you still competitive? Oh, we're, we're extremely competitive. Now, the, the way I would look at competition for our polymer modulators, our polymer optical switches, is that the incumbent technologies are usually semiconductor-based. Um, they use technologies such as indium phosphide or silicon, so these are common technologies that are used today. Um, and if you think about those for a second, those technologies are actually created in big semiconductor wafers and they're fabricated in big fabs. Our technology is in liquid form, and um, we actually spin on uh, polymer liquid and we cure it. And so we have a very, very low cost way of producing our devices compared to the incumbent technologies. And in fact, we can actually add to some of the incumbent technologies by making them more functional, by adding actually, for example, our polymers to a silicon wafer or our polymers to an indium phosphide wafer. And so we feel that our additional benefits of spinning on our technology, then curing it, uh, in a standard fabrication plant, so there's nothing different there, using standard tooling, it doesn't cost the manufacturer any more money to do what we have, plus they get the benefits of you know, performance and in terms of speed and low power. And where are you in the process with this product or, or phase in your business? So we are in the prototyping phase, and so we are a very high technology company based in Colorado. We're pre-revenue. We have, as I've already indicated, a very strong patent portfolio. We're developing the technology. Um, we have prototypes. We're talking to customers. Um, and so we're in that phase of the um, maturity, if you like. Um, but we haven't actually gone public with any sort of sales or any numbers on those levels yet. So I would say we're still pre-revenue. We're still tech developing the technology. We're actually honing our modulators for the specifications that customers really look for when they want to increase the speed and lower the power in their networks. So I am thinking that you have a number of evaluations going on currently. Is that correct? Yes, we are receiving feedback from potential customers on our performance, and certainly we're feeding that information back to the designers because we're, we're a team of designers. We make the polymers, and then we design the polymers um, for a certain performance, and then we put those polymers into devices. The devices actually have that performance. So we make sure that the the characteristics of our modulators are aligned to what the customers are looking for, and we're certainly going through that optimization phase as we speak. So it might be too early to ask this, but do you have a, a good arms around uh, expectation of the length of an evaluation? Yes, we, we, we do. And this in this business of, of trying to supply optical components to uh, a highly technical telecommunications, data communications, internet type of environment is not just, you know, you create a device and with one specification and then 
um, successfully sell it into a new system. It's sort of a little bit more complex than that. Uh, there's a number of characteristics that our devices need to meet. And so we convey that information to our potential customers. They feed back on the uh, performance and how our devices are operating. And, um, and we actually optimize um, our device performance so that uh, we can align to what the customers are looking for. It takes, it takes time. It just doesn't happen overnight, but it's a it's a complex and it's a very rewarding process once you complete the process. So, are we near the the end of the tunnel here? Do you have a reasonable expectation on when revenue could start? Um, internally, yes, we uh, do have a, an expectation. Obviously, we've got our own internal business plans. Certainly, we haven't gone public with any of that information as of yet. I think we're well into the process. I think that's probably the best I can answer right now. We certainly, uh, the prototyping phase is in a good central part of the process. Um, clearly, some customers are liking what they see a lot more than others. Uh, some are feeding back more information than others. Some are asking for more changes than others. So it's, it's a variable process but uh, we feel we have a really good understanding of what potential customers are looking for in our device technology. Now, does each product have to be tailored towards a specific customer? Um, in the optical business, you tend to see that happen a little bit, but clearly we don't want to do that. We want to have a generic performance that everybody likes. And this is one of the things that I've talked about over the last couple of years. Get to a performance level in terms of data rate and speed and low power consumption that everybody wants. And so what we've done is we've looked very carefully into customer expectations and said, yes, this is the performance our technology can achieve. And so let's make sure it's available for everybody. And given that type of scenario, um, I don't believe customization or tailoring specific uh, parameters um, will be a huge issue for us because everybody will want the higher, the higher performance. And who are the, the customers that you're targeting, if not by name, then just generically? Oh, generically, it would be the, the folks that actually run the Internet. So if we think about that for a second, the folks that do run the optical network that carries all our traffic when we use the Internet are the telecommunications companies, the data center type companies. So, you know, at the very highest level, I mean, the telecommunication companies that come to mind are the Verizons and the AT&Ts, those types of players, and the data center companies that come to mind are the big companies that own huge data centers, and that can range from the, the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Facebooks, and the Googles. Um, so these are the type of huge players that will eventually use our optical components into the network. But the interesting part of the story is, is you know, because those folks do the architecture of the big data centers and the telephone networks, uh, telecommunication networks, then most likely the folks that we interact with will be the folks at the ne next level down. These will be the system design companies and the companies that design the subsystems, the uh, the go. For example, the boards or the line cards that go into the optical switches and the optical routers that you find into these networks. 
So uh, it, it sounds like it's a, a finite amount of uh, customers out there. Um, are, are you targeting them yourself then? At, at this time, what we are doing is, is we're making, for example, you know, we class ourselves as an optical component supplier. And I mean, obvious potential customers will be the next level up on the value chain, which will be, for example, high-speed optics manufacturers. These are the folks who do the subsystems. And then also the folks who buy optical components are the next level up, which is the network equipment networking equipment manufacturers, and these guys do switches, routers, transport systems, and those types of companies are the ones you hear quite often in the news like the Huawei's and the Sienna's and the Cisco's and the Nokia's, these types of companies. They, they feed their network into the internet service providers like the, the AT&T's and the Verizon's and the, the Google's and the Amazon's in this world. But we will be directly interacting with the high-speed optics manufacturers and then networking equipment manufacturers. Mm -hmm. uh, just in the U.S. Or, or worldwide? Well, initially I think we will start in the U.S. because that makes a lot of sense. And then as I think most folks on the, the call will know that there's a lot of globalization. So a lot of sales occurs internationally and a lot of these companies are quite global in themselves. But, but you know, we're, we're a small company to start, so we will focus certainly on the U.S. market. Uh -huh. And um, I'm assuming this is something that you're not going to make yourself. Is that correct? So that's, a, that's an interesting question. So we have a, a facility here in Colorado that can produce reasonable levels of volume production. And um, so we're quite happy with the size of our facility. We have a fabrication plant, and we have a chemistry um, a chemistry. Uh, Laboratory, I guess, is the best word for it, where we can synthesize our own polymers. And remember, we're not making barrels and barrels of this stuff. You don't need lots and lots of polymers to run lots and lots of volume. And so we don't have a huge facility, but we have a facility that can that can is, is capable of doing you know, moderate volume. And then, you know, depending on how the customers will look at you in terms of a, a key component business that enables them to get to the next generation of, of Internet networking, um, they may want to work with us uh, for a larger factory or larger volume. They may even want to contract manufacture it themselves. They may even want to license our technology um, and have control themselves. So these options are good options to have once we're in position of doing you know, low to medium level manufacturing, and I believe we can do that in our facility in Colorado. And uh, if eval checks out nicely and you get a big order, um, how quickly are you able to scale? I believe we're reasonably in a good position to scale, especially for sort of um, low to mid volumes. Now, you may... As in this sort of business, you may encounter huge volumes straight out of the chute. And if that's the case, then you know, the right thing to do is look at that opportunity and evaluate that opportunity from a risk standpoint and say, can we do that in our current facility? If we can't do that in our current facility and you know, the opportunity for initial volume is so great, then you look at the either expanding our facility ourselves or, or working with somebody who has experience with higher volume 
and, and working out how to keep the customer happy. Those are problems I'd love to have. And, yeah, that's um, a, but I have that's seen them happen before. But I think from our standpoint right now, I think our expectations are that um, we'll get lots of, um, lots of low and medium type business and then we'll see very, very quickly how it will scale. But we're very comfortable in our technology today because we've designed it to scale the volume. And how long do you expect your product would last? I, I don't mean that it's going to break or something like that. I mean, you know, technology changes very quickly. Um, is, is this something that's got some life uh, to it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, there's a couple of ways to look at this. You can look at the sort of, you know, the big data center guys uh, typically do what they call forklift changes every three to four years, which means every three to four years they're changing out their optical switching equipment and putting faster or lower power, maybe both equipment in place. And so will this technology that we're developing, the optical polymer technology, last that long? Absolutely. I mean, it's got a lifetime much longer than that. Um, so we don't have any issues from that standpoint. Um, is the speed that we're designing, you know, going to be, you know, adequate for the next decade? Most likely. I mean, if we really think about it today, a lot of the speeds that were developed 10 years ago are still being utilized in data centers, but they are being upgraded all the time to much faster speeds. So I fully expect, you know, the increase in data rates and the decrease in power consumption to continue. And I think what we have here is very clearly some headroom in terms of increased speed and low power, which is a lot different than the incumbent technologies, which are really sort of popping up against the limits in terms of their performance. Our technology has a lot of headroom, especially over the next decade. And that was actually proved out last year to some extent to a world um, a world industrial technology roadmap effort that was put together by both the Americans and the Europeans. And in that, uh, it was clearly shown that our polymer, optical polymer technology has the potential for performance headroom for at least another decade. And so that's really, really exciting from our standpoint. Okay. And then in terms of making money, uh, the, the revenue model, it sounds like you might have a couple revenue models in mind. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess it will be a multi-pronged business model. So, you know, obviously the one that comes straight to mind is selling optical components. And that's an obvious one for most people in our level of business. You know, we're in the hardware business of making very fast switching modulators. A second model would be licensing a technology. And clearly, you know, if somebody really, really likes what we're doing but doesn't have that our technology in-house, then they may want to license it. And certainly if the right type of deals come up, I certainly will look at that. And the third one might be it's just simply a technology transfer. You may find some of the big fabrication foundries and plants around the world want to implement our technology onto their semiconductor wafers to increase the performance of their technology. So there's three, selling components, licensing technology, and lastly, technology transfer. And quite frankly, I mean, it may be some of all of those that uh, is part of our future. Okay. And then, Michael, um, 
margins? Should they be more like hardware margins or software margins? Um, the margins are going to be more traditionally hardware, um, like you would see in a semiconductor type business, because that really is the market we're going into, and that really is the competition. The good news is, is, is that we're not a semiconductor. We're actually an organic material, and uh, we believe that we have the potential for very, very high margins because of that. We have a very low cost structure, and it's a low-cost way of implementing very high-performance optical components. So from a margin standpoint, we're uh, quite comfortable that we can maintain and grow our margins as we uh, progress our technology into the environment. So, so what's a good uh, margin to expect or range? Um, in terms of actual numbers, we haven't published anything yet. But uh, And so I'm not really going to go into any numbers right now, but internally we're very comfortable with what we're seeing in terms of uh, gross and net margins. Um, so the best answer I can give you right now is, is I'm extremely comfortable with the margins that we know we can develop vis-a-vis uh, -vis the current competition, the incumbent competition today. So um, as, as a company, internally we're very comfortable where our position is. Okay. So I imagine that the key driver here is um, getting some of these uh, evaluations to qualify. Absolutely, and as part of that process, I mean, you can't just have you know, very high speed and, and very low power. You've got to show stability and you've got to show reliability. And it's no different than what the organic LEDs went through for their displays and televisions over the last decade. Um, we saw some of the original stuff coming out in terms of initial TVs 10 years ago, and now lots of people have organic LEDs. And what was the main difference over the last decade was the, uh, the, the reliability was proved out, the stability of the organics were proved out. There was a lot of naysayers a few years ago, but that's all gone by the wayside now as most of the, uh, most of the new cell phones, instead of using LCD displays, using, using organic displays. So we know from some of the work we've seen already in a competing, let's say not a competing, but a related field with organic polymers, that uh, you know, reliability issues and stability issues are not going to be an issue. So we have to go through that process and we have to show the data. And I've indicate, indicated that on a number of conference talks that I've given. And so that needs to be done and we're working on that presently. Very good. As we look out uh, over this new year, what are some of the events or, or catalysts that we should watch for? I think some of the uh, the, the events and catalysts are uh, a uh, increase in technical performance um, and showing that uh, performance is aligned with the next generation expectations for data rates and low power consumption. And the more data we show to provide that, I think uh, the more excited the potential customer base is going to be because then the reality of a, a much higher speed internet operating in a much lower power becomes more realistic in people's minds. So I think you know, the year 2020 is definitely going to be a show the performance, show the data, show the stability and reliability of this technology, and I think it's going to be a really good year for us. Very good. Uh, anything you want to leave us from, leave us with rather, um, as as to why um, Lightwave is a good place to put money. 
Oh, well, a lightweight is, I believe, it's a great place to put money because uh, some folks like myself and as well as some of the, uh, the folks on our board and even our, our technical advisory board um, are really strong technologists. And I've actually worked in this business for nearly 40 years since I started my career at Bell Labs, working in silicon, working in indium phosphide, working in materials like gallium arsenide. And these are some of the incumbent technologies that get used in the Internet today. And the reason I'm excited, as well as some of my compatriots are excited, is that we're seeing an opportunity from a technology perspective that is just going to take the Internet to the next level. Now, we put that in a small company, and we've positioned the company to do very well from a business standpoint. But on a technology level, this is really, really exciting. We're sitting on a technology where Mother Nature really works with us. And Mother Nature has actually allowed these optical polymers to be switched really, really quickly at very low power. And that is unusual. Usually you have to work technologies and research them and develop them and, and tweak them. But in optical polymers, using the chemistries that we have synthesized and created and, and patented, um, we're just sitting on a natural technology to take the Internet faster and lower power. And that, to me, is really exciting. Yeah, another company comes to mind, not a competitor, but uh, adjacent, I guess, that that offers the same two benefits uh, of speed and, and energy savings, and, and they've just done phenomenally well. So um, it strikes a chord here. So, Michael, uh, we're running out of time, but I want to thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and thank you for your questions. Um, I, I hope I've conveyed my excitement here, and I certainly have, I'm excited, and I continue to be excited, and this is a lovely technology a vehicle which I believe is going to enable some really cool, exciting things in the Internet in the near future. Very good. We'll keep it posted. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff.